Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Nap Eyes is a clever and cool four-piece rock and roll band from Halifax, Nova Scotia, whose lead singer and lyricist is Nigel Chapman. Their critically acclaimed third album is called I'm Bad Now and was released on March 9th, 2018 via You've Changed Records, Paradise of Bachelors, and Jag Jaguar. The last time Nigel was on this show on episode number 198 in the summer of 2015, we spent a fair amount of time discussing his background and work as a biochemist. We caught up again recently and touched upon the parallels between science and arts funding, achieving self-love in a time of widespread hate, the pros and cons of external affirmation, the latest Nap Eyes record and new songs, and much, much more. With in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, and of course, listeners like you, who make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash creativecontrol, download episodes, and ask your pals to subscribe to this podcast like you do. This is the 414th episode of Creative Control, featuring Nigel Chapman of Nap Eyes with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hey, Nigel, how's it going? Hey, Vish, doing good. How about you? I'm pretty well. I'm pretty well. It's nice to talk to you again. It's been too long. Likewise, yeah. Now, where are you? You're usually on the road. That's one of the reasons we haven't talked in a while. You've just been traveling nonstop with Nap Eyes. But where are you today? That's true. So today I'm, I'm at home in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Nice. And how are things in Halifax? 
Things are good here. Uh, it's been a, a pretty like reluctant summer kind of thing. Well, I mean, r- spring, I should say late spring, but uh, yeah, gradually like the days are getting really long and nice and usually a good breeze gets a little cold still, but it's been, yeah, really, really nice time of year. Nice. And, and you, you like, like I said already, you've been away a lot. Do you, do you actually miss Halifax in particular? Do you miss home while you're away? Yeah, yeah. Personally, I do. For I think for a number of reasons, but um, it, it it has to do with the people here. But also, like just having um, it's such a different mode of life, you know, when you're at home um, versus when you're on tour. Just like routine is different, and and um, I think solitude is much more accessible here, which is a, a huge boon to me. Um, but still, I, I like being on tour a lot as well. Yeah, like we established the last time you were on the show, you you are you were kind of a, you know, you worked a nine to five kind of job, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so you were you weren't a homebody per se, but I mean, did you do a lot of traveling in your work uh, prior to being a, a musician? Uh no, definitely not. I I was yeah pretty much each day in the lab, which is you know it's not a far distance from my neighborhood, and um, yeah, just. I mean, by nature, I think I'm pretty introverted, and I I feel that uh, most or a great many many things that I'm interested in, um, I can sort of explore them from the jumping off point of like my own mind. Like if I have the time and the space to do this, some resources help, like the internet, you know, uh, or or music and audio media. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I feel that that's that's maybe one one reason I like to be at home because you know then you can whatever you want to learn about or or create or, or anything like that you can kind of uh, use your space there and it's a bit harder to find um, the opportunity when you're when you're traveling. But that that being said, traveling is a great like way to change up your frame of reference sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use the uh, the tools you you you've gathered on the internet about the world? to explore the world when you get to certain places like i'm in nashville i remember reading once on the internet about this thing in nashville maybe i'll physically go there now do you ever do stuff like that yeah well uh every once in a while something like that comes up um i guess yeah usually it it just by the luck of the draw it seems like a lot of the reading i do or or learning like doesn't uh it would be for different parts of the world that that we've never toured yet, but uh, but every once in a while, for sure. I know, like on the last um, the last tour we did, we were in in Paris, and Josh uh, really wanted to go see the grave of like I think he was looking for Baudelaire's grave. I don't know if they found it, but they found Jim Morrison's grave, kind of thing. So yeah, same ce- same cemetery. Yeah, the re- right, right, Montparnasse or something. So okay, that's a little morbid. Do you do that? Do you look online about uh, famous <laughs> graves and then try to find them? Uh, it's not really my thing, but I, I don't mind. <laughs> um, in this case, like we we had kind of parted ways for the afternoon, so so I didn't witness. But yeah, it's it's something I'm I'm down with at least um, conceptually. Right. So just to catch people up, you and I, the last time you were on the show, we went into this in great detail, and we don't need to do it as much, but you were, you, you, were, you mentioned that your, your background is kind of a, a scientific uh, background. What, what exactly were you doing again in, in Halifax? Uh, I was, basically, I, I did my, my master's in a research lab in biochemistry, 
so my supervisor hired me as a grad student, and I just started doing experiments um, on like the larger project within the lab that we had. Uh, and I had sort of a small subsection of it. Um, yeah, and I, I just did uh, experiments for several years um, using like different approaches, but like cell culture, you know, like petri dishes full of cells that we would be treating in, in different ways. And basically what we were trying to study was uh, this protein, um, which is called the apelin receptor. Uh, it was, uh, it, it is a like part of a large class of proteins that exist in humans, maybe 800 different kinds of these G protein coupled receptors. Apelin receptor is just one, but you also have serotonin receptors and dopamine receptors, beta adrenergic receptors. So diff different kinds of uh, like receptors for different molecules that uh, will activate the, these cell surface receptors and cause different kinds of events inside the cells. So we were just looking at some fine details and, and also the larger picture with this one particular protein, um, the apelin receptor. So yeah, I just did experiments for some years and um, yeah, tried to learn some, some um, methodical ways uh, to be a bit more... Um, troubleshooting focused and and you know like my intuitive approach can be good but uh sometimes you really need to think like well it didn't work for the fifth time so what exactly is it that went wrong my inclination might have been like okay i'll just repeat it ad infinitum and hopefully it'll happen eventually like you know when you're learning a song it's kind of like that you can just repeat 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 and eventually your intuition and your sense of the song will like smooth it out and it'll become a good performance um, sometimes with science, you need to be a bit more deliberate uh, about like specific uh, conditions that might need to be met in order for the experiment to work properly. So yeah, anyway, this is a bit of a, a sidetrack or an advance uh, into another uh, territory. But yeah, basically I was, was working here um, at a research lab and yeah, kind of going through. I, I don't think I was ever especially good, but I, I, I'm so grateful for the experience. I, I really learned a great deal. Well, it's interesting that you drew the correlation between uh, your work in, in these labs and, and songwriting and working on songs. I mean, you did it yourself there. I mean, my understanding is uh, you've kind of given up that work uh, to pursue your work with nap eyes. Is that, is that accurate? It's more or less accurate, yeah. Basically, when, um, like maybe for the past year or two now, um, we've been able to almost make a living so i i've been able to basically not have a job at the lab which like this was was totally like uh, a kind of a nice uh, transition for me like very validating and affirming feeling um when i felt like yeah i'm uh i'm becoming uh, a full-time musician it's kind of what i always wanted to be um, yeah, so I'm no longer there, um, but I still uh, am really interested in science. I'm still reading it, especially popular science, but also some of the the literature in my field. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 hard to say. Like my my knowledge about the like, well, my I guess sense of the future trajectory of my life is like changes from day to day. But in any case, we can say it's very uncertain how things will unfold so i'm not sure if i'll yeah maybe one day i will will venture back into that uh kind of work one way or another but yeah we'll see <laughs>
Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that because you've done the thing that most parents would hope for, which is you you established yourself with a fallback plan, so to speak, a a good job, uh, and, and and you have that in your back pocket, and and now, but now you're bad. Now you're bad. You're a musician. <laughs> you know, you're on the road. You're not you're not being the good boy. You're 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 out there making rock music, but if if the desire to do that ever leaves you you still have the back pocket plan like that is am i do you, you see where i'm going with this it seems like every parent's dream when they send their <laughs> kid out into the world and they say i want to be a musician you know that's the cliche well you better have something to fall back on it sounds like on some level you're self parenting and you have that mindset maybe someday i'll go back to that yeah, I mean, I'd say that all of what you've said is definitely accurate. Um, and it, yeah, it, my self-parenting, I probably kind of picked up where my parents left off. But they, they really, you know, they they were never, um, how you could say, coercive <laughs> in any respect, like in raising me. But at the same time, there it was sort of like an underlying kind of like implicit like okay and now you will continue with your studies and like you shouldn't study something impractical or whatever whatever that was supposed to mean so they they were happy that i i i decided to study science at first you know in my undergrad and i i kind of decided on that cuz it was a path of least resistance at the time but also i was sort of interested and yeah, but I, I think um, like over the years, it has definitely helped them to accept um, some of the less conventional uh, like career choices I've made. So one thing I found just a bit of attention is that like no matter what career path you choose, it's going to be difficult. You know, there's going to be uh, like special uh, strong challenges associated with any field that you choose. Same being true for science. Like I felt I felt like even when I worked hard, like a lot of hours, like it's really difficult to succeed. Like you need to have like a, a strong dedication. So I, I found that, that that actually encouraged me in music because I was like, okay, it's kind of nothing. It's It's nothing out of the ordinary if things are slow or difficult in this field because it was the same in science so um but but yeah maybe one day uh my parents will be happy and i'll be happy to return uh to a different kind of line of work we'll see <laughs> well maybe tell me if this is a naive parallel to draw from like you've already drawn this parallel between experimentation in a lab and potentially experimentation with songwriting but tell me if this is a naive parallel in canada we have a very a unique, on some level, it's a unique arts granting system. Uh, you know, if you're an artist, you can apply for various grants, national, provincial grants, and, and they will, uh, you know, if you're approved, they'll subsidize the making of a record or a tour or whatever, you know, a piece of art, a dance piece, whatever it is. That's the, the infrastructure we have here at the moment. Science, I believe, is sort of similar, right? I mean, there are gr there are grants, there are subsidies. If your work is uh, deemed worthwhile, you can get generate more funding. I mean, that's the main source of revenue, I think. Again, I, this is a naive. I'm, I'm making these comments without really knowing, but you, you, I heard you say definitely. Is that is that accurate? 
That is definitely the case. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think there are some. There's a branch of science which is is proceeding like along sort of industrial partnership lines. You know, like some company is investing a lot in some research lab, and the deal is that the research lab can't publish their results. You know, in open access journals, but they have to keep it. You know. Within the company vaults or whatever for so, such and such a time, and then maybe the company can get a drug out of it and get a patent out of it or something. But these and and the, there there is like a lot of um, I guess encouragement of this kind of practice uh, in in the kind of the the what it's called like I don't know the drug pipeline or whatever like a way to it's it's a industrialization of of science which is very important and, and needs to happen. Um, but certainly shouldn't be happening um, exclusively, uh, you know, at the expense of losing all of the funding we have for doing basic research, which is, is this is more akin to, to the idea of like an artist getting a grant in order that they can actually make a piece of art, which literally like it, they won't be able to otherwise. And it's not as if the art, at least at this stage, is uh, commercially viable enough, so you need some kind of uh, like funding, especially again with science, because like art, when you do basic research, by which I mean like research that doesn't have a direct like uh, commercial endpoint or therapeutic endpoint, you know, not necessarily like on a molecule that's going to be a drug, but it's you're just studying because you want to understand, say, how this receptor works or understand like what is the psychology that's going on if you alter this set of neurons in a mouse model or something, you know? So, so it's really interesting things which may or may not one day lead to like fascinating, uh, and, and highly practical advances. But mm -hmm. yeah, for the, for the time being, yeah, yeah, they need, uh, they need to basically spend a lot of time writing grants. Like if you're a professor and you're not working with someone in the industry, then yeah, you, a lot of your time is spent like stressing over how to get a grant from the Canadian Institute of Health Research or the National Science uh, <laughs> Engineering Research Council. So in these ways, I think yeah, there's there's these challenges. This is this is actually is related to like what I was saying about how difficult it is to succeed in any yeah. field. Yeah, because you really, really, it's so competitive. Like it's so difficult to to kind of get your lab to get steady funding so that you can hire grad students and afford reagents and like equipment and all that. So yeah, but it's you know it's a it's a labor of love I think for people even grant writing. Well, it, it's it's totally fascinating to hear that. I don't I mean again, this just dawned on me and I I spit it out. I thought from a kind of um unknowledgeable perspective, but it's it's true. Revenue streams, funding, it's all tenuous. Everyone's going through this. The the marketplace generally is 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 volatile. And so whether you're a musician on the road uh, or a scientist in a lab, like you could be subject to a, a funding cut, a, a lack of uh, revenue. I mean, we also, in both fields, there are cash prizes, awards, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. So there's just, <laughs> it's weird. I think there's actually an economic parallel that I hadn't considered. Because you understand what I'm saying. I think the perception would be you left a safe job to do something uh, a little more unpredictable. But like you say, they're both, they're e they potentially are equally unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, with a few, I guess, like, you know, with a professor's lab stops getting funding because, like, the, the powers that be decide, oh, your research is no longer interesting. If they've got, like, 
tenure, for example, they are still able to make their paycheck every year, even if they can't afford sure. to do their research. Um, so yeah, but so, but but if you're but if you're a researcher in that professor's lab, you are subject <laughs> to the whims of of those power structures. Definitely. I mean, that, yeah, it's interesting. That's fascinating. I just I hadn't, or maybe sorry, I don't mean to self congratulate myself by saying this <laughs> no, is all no, fascinating. No, nice one. It just all just dawned on me as I was talking to you because I you have to understand, Nigel. I don't get to speak to too many uh, people with biochemistry backgrounds on my show who also happen to play guitar and write great songs. You know what I mean? Like I just don't have that. Yeah, it's a rare uh, kind of combination. I think. Yeah, I think you're you're actually you're, you're absolutely right. Now, I invoked the the phrase uh, that I, I suggested you were bad now, which uh, as you know is an allusion to the latest uh, Nap Eyes album. I'm bad now, and uh, congratulations on the record, first of all. Oh, thanks, Vish. Yeah, I, as you know, I've been following uh, the band. Uh, you were on, I think, for the second record, first record. You were on a while back uh, on the show, and I I'm a fan of the band, and I'm. Curious, from your perspective, uh, now that time has passed, the records have been out a few months and you've been playing the songs a lot, do you notice a kind of marked shift in the band's sensibility, in your own songwriting sensibilities uh, with this record? Yeah, well, I think um, in certain in certain aspects, it, it probably the, the songs have, have changed or, or, or evolved. It, it's this, I always feel uh, a bit... Uh, awkward slash defeated about uh about kind of giving a good answer here because like this album we recorded it to like two years ago um so it just takes a long time for things to come out so um there's already there's already been progress and evolution since these songs even yeah exactly like it's like you you would think usually the easiest uh, comparison to do is your current sort of mental state creative state with like whatever's come past and i i i start to look at those three albums then as like analogous to one another in the past but always though like i think well we're starting to realize or or like learn as we do this more what are our yeah like what is our our kind of like natural sound or intrinsic quality to our music there's probably some thread that's going to be consistent across all the albums but anyway uh that this was all kind of a disclaimer but but to actually uh like uh answer that question i think there's definitely some differences between i'm bad now and the the earlier albums technically the the recording was done differently it's a bit higher fidelity or 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 significantly higher fidelity but still with our like kind of you know uh ramshackle approach sort of ramshackle approach but i wonder um yeah the lyrical content to me also seemed a little bit more uh plain spoken or or like just straightforward on this album um but it really varies from song to song as well um yeah and then i think there are you know sort of new directions and ideas that and and sort of sounds that i've been working on that we've been working on over the past little while so hopefully the the new material that we make will be different again so yeah well, let me let me home in on some of what you're saying. You're saying there's different approaches to the the songwriting and the sounds, and you mentioned the fidelity. I would ask you to expand upon some of those things, and and within that, though, I I have noticed a bit of a shift too, and I, and I noticed that um, 
your use of pronouns has been pretty interesting um, throughout the trajectory of the band. And on this record, it seemed to dawn on myself and, and other people that uh, when you invoke things like you and I, I mean, particularly when you invoke you, it sort of suggests a, a second person thing happening. But there is this sort of indication that you might be writing about yourself uh, a little bit. And um, and I'm curious about that. Do you, do you find that you've been... So, yeah, sorry, but within all of the things you just said, I'm also wondering if you can discuss that that notion. Like, do you feel like you are a bit more self-reflexive here, uh, but in uh, in more of a playful way, or a, rather a, under the uh, with a, within a narrative guise of sort of like, you, 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 but is that you actually, you, Nigel, you know what I mean? Yeah, de- definitely. Um, and and I, I think that's, yeah, that's a something that I... I I felt more and more conscious of it um, as I was writing some of these songs, especially I'm Bad, um, but also Roses. Like, yeah, I uh, I think because for me, I mean, some of the, my favorite topics tend to be um, like kind of gleaned or, or the result of, of like looking at thought processes um and the ways that i interpret the world and interact and i mean to some extent i use songwriting as like a way to um parse parse some of the uh like inner workings of my mind you know because it can get a bit chaotic um <laughs> so it's sorry your 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 mind can get a bit chaotic? yeah yeah i mean i think i think anyone's can um and sometimes you know you might have like a little thread of of kind of thinking like humming at a low level but not that loud ever but pretty consistent across every day or something you might find that and if you don't mm-hmm. look in then you probably won't uh really detect it uh, like as a as its own like significant thread, you know, because it stays sort of relatively concealed under the main, more obvious things that are happening each day. So that's one example of uh, this is kind of again a, like a side entry to the answer to this question. But I yeah I think that that because of this um, I, I I used I started to or or I've I've been finding using pronouns like self address or whatever to be pretty helpful um and so yeah talking to to yourself or i remember um someone chris at our our american label asked me like if the song i'm bad was mean like as in like you know because it's calling the person dumb etc and I, I i had to be like oh no i'm sorry like i i don't mean it um directed at another person you know uh it's really more like uh, self-admonishment, uh, self-reproach in that case. But you can find that you have usually two. There, there's a few different levels at which you, uh, your mental personality is 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 unfolding. You know, and you can take a meta level behind the the first level. You can even take a like a meta meta level behind that. So it's like a, it's endlessly recursive in theory. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes you look at the the some of the lower level, and I'm I'm not saying it as a value judgment, but just like the first, like most obvious level of that thought process, and you can step back from it, 
And it might be like a negative or a sad or a, or a, you know, a selfish or a righteous or, or, or whatever other things or devoted or, or like, you know, curious. Like it can be, it can be any mental mood, but then you can take a recursive step from it uh, and have a meta awareness of that mood. Um, and sometimes like the meta awareness itself is not, uh, it's just going one step back, you know, it doesn't make it like a pure egoless a person that's doing the parsing but it's just usually one step closer to that and and that person who's like then calling out the or admonishing the the first level personality the second level personality himself he might also have you know various hang-ups or inconsistencies or whatever so sometimes you need to really keep uh stepping back and sometimes you think you've stepped back but you've really stepped back to the beginning this is kind of uh yeah th- so so it's it's just like a uh kind of a how do i say this is just a uh a cataloging of some of the like some of the structure i see in there when i look in there you know yeah uh, yeah. yeah no i i hear that and i you you mentioned recursive sort of exercises and and you know we talk a lot about i think we're a little bit more wary of of self-absorption mm. these days yeah. um generally i think uh there's this there's been a i think a healthy push to think of others and 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 regard other people's uh lives and and plights uh a bit more closely because it's right. just something we've we've ignored but at the same time i i do feel like because we are I can speak from my perspective like we are I think it's safe to say we're living in a anxiety laden mm-hmm. time uh, I do think some self work uh is it's important to remember one's self mm-hmm. uh in all of this um but like I say it can be a fine line between just talking about yourself and how you relate to the world and and, and particularly in a position like yours where you're you're conveying your thoughts in songs that you know, ideally other people are going to relate to. Um, do you feel like there's um, an instructive aspect to your own exploration of yourself and, and you know, and, and sort of examining yourself? Do you feel like, I mean, obviously your fans are relating to your music, but do you have a grander idea there or notion about maybe what your songs talking about yourself might say about the world at large or, or other what other people are going through? Yeah, well, that that thanks for the, for even considering that that that, that might be a possibility i, I think mm-hmm. i think when i think about music you know for 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 better or worse uh, it usually is, or it often is at that lofty level of like like values and 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 and, and differences that you can make in a person's life by like if you see something differently like it, it can really change change the way you relate to certain issues or, or, or other people or yourself you know like so especially like you say with with whatever things people might be going through like uh like anxiety or depression or like um alienation anger or or also the positive emotions like you know, like how do those fit into a personality that also contains these negative, you know, emotions? Um, it can be instructive, I think, to hear that, to see that, especially like kind of like what you were saying, because 
like on the one hand it's good that we have this like self-deprecation and uh it's good uh to question our you know like kind of uh confidence and and sense of of sure-footedness and rightness like oh it's great to uh question all these things like break it down break it down but really really important and sometimes forgotten in the second stage of this um mental hygiene is like you were saying like you need to have this kind of uh self-love you know you need to have like love it can't you can't just break it all down with criticism you know so so sometimes i mean i like i like a song that will will show i mean if i ever succeed very well in this i don't know but i wanted to have the tension of both of those sides of things like you Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's the way life is but i don't want it to just end with a simplistic statement on on one side or the other so i would like to like depict attention but then show some resolution to be possible or or here's how this works but but yeah then the idea of instructive stuff i also like i i I think I, sometimes I expect more uh, out of music and 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 literature and this kind of media than, but especially music. I, it seems like I expect more than than is often credited to these media, in the sense that like people think of music a lot of the times like oh this is for entertainment or like this is for um, you know just having a, a an amped up time or like a chill time or whatever, which is true about music. It's like it really can. You know, you just set moods in this way. But I also think, like philosophically, especially as a like as a lyrics uh, perspective, will will uh, have some. You know, I <laughs> don't know where this sentence was supposed to go uh, structurally, but yeah, you know, I think it's 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 really it can make a huge difference about like philosophy of life and 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 how you approach things and what you think is important. But you know, I'm I'm flailing around in there, so I don't know how helpful it is <laughs> for others. Well, I I mean, I've had this conversation with a, a few people on on the show, and also in just regular conversations with people. And I don't know if you're hinting at this as well. Like, are you also in that sort of self-preservation, self-love uh, mode, and but also thinking about how you relate to the rest of the world or we relate to the rest of the world i mean do you do you have a sense that perhaps we're just a little too hard on ourselves uh, these days like maybe we we don't like you're saying like you you want to be conscious of not coming across uh, as an egomaniac mm. uh and there's a lot of self-flagellation and self-deprecation mm. and kind of almost um this lingering irony that exists uh, like a kind of self-detachment from the world um and sort of putting oneself down uh on some level but but i i wonder if that's kind of cumulatively led to this collective hardship like this collective sense that we're not good enough sometimes i mean even within the title of your record uh i'm bad now that there's a duality there uh there's a something going like you know if just black and white there's bad there's good uh, obviously, and this is just a self-identifying uh, sort of statement one might make. Um, anyway, all this, I'm rambling too. This, this is not a, <laughs> maybe an easy topic, but I'm just curious if you can hit upon that. Like, do you think uh, that maybe we're a little too hard on ourselves these days generally? Uh, for some reason, there's just this pressure that we put on ourselves to function um, and contribute something. And then within that, uh, can you talk about uh, this this notion of I'm bad I'm bad I'm bad now like that's that's just fascinating to me. Yeah yeah so 
that all those ideas, Visha, are, are are part of the mental environment that 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 I feel like I'm living in as well. And and when I uh, when I was writing the record, and 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 also when we started like identifying with the title, like Seamus is the one who who kind of thought of the title. Um, but then over time, we at first we were like, "That's silly, no." But then over time, we were like, "Okay, actually, kind of see see uh, more meaning in it." And also, like, it just started to feel natural um, as a title. But, yeah, I I think that that is a, is a prob... It's a major... Uh, what you can say... I don't like, you know, I, like, I'm cautious of the connotations of some of these words, but it's a, it's a bit of a mental sickness or, like, a... Um, it's a mental block. Yeah, a I block think. for sure. Like uh, yeah. it's really it's a, like a tangled up little obstacle course that that various uh, you're being told from various sides like you've got to go through this course. But sometimes they don't like the advice is one sided or like I think it's it's what you say like of course we should uh, have have you know doubts about our own like like uh grandiosity and like you know humans like oh it's like it's sometimes you look at yourself it's appalling how selfish we are you know mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but i think that some t- something has happened here in some people's minds or in most of our minds in a weird way like where like it's almost like it's extra materialist uh, like th- like the the spirituality is gone or something like the so we don't have have any longer a framework to understand our uh failings as a species or our shortcomings as a species hmm. um this is a <laughs> that's kind of a, a cryptic statement that i made but but i guess it's something like, and and I, this is only in my opinion, but I, but I do. Well, feel- sorry, I, I don't mean I don't mean to interject necessarily, but I just uh, that's the the notion that we've become maybe too materialistic in our thought process and and now are devoid of spirituality is is totally fascinating. But and I know you're just you know you're just contemplating this as you go. Mm. But can you home in on that? Like, what do you what do you mean exactly? Like, are you referring to just the way we interact on? Uh, you know, with our machines and our devices, and and, and like, is, is there a is that a just a we interface in a kind of a cold way now? Uh, I think sometimes uh, a yeah. colder way that uh, sometimes we do. We we just interface in a colder way than we used to, and we think that that is enough. Like that, those kinds of interactions from afar, from a distance, are uh, meaningful as meaningful as um, you know a one on one conversation or a or an in-person thing. Um, and then sometimes when you're in person, you retreat back into that virtual world, which is in front of someone. So like we do. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just yeah, all yeah. the. It, it is weird. So I just, uh, and I don't mean to just be like, you're talking about phones and computers <laughs> versus, you know, true life interaction. But th- that's just what came to mind. And I, and I, and I don't mean to lead you that way, but can you talk about that, that, that duality between materialism and spirituality? I just find that interesting. Yeah, sure. I mean, me too, uh, uh, as a, as a whole kind of domain of, of thought and, and like ways of living, um, you know, like it's, but I think, yeah. So I think that's definitely one manifestation of it. Is is of course like our, screen, you know, screens, especially like like, it, it's it's all good, but uh, it's sometimes uh, sometimes they they kind of they they they, they kind of seem to have taken over more um, territory in terms of like our our like our psychic space than is beneficial for us but uh but but more more generally i guess i was thinking of like especially with this idea of of like guilt and um and and self self reproach um two 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 things well one was that like spirituality in the past like or or it still can you know like people can can use it as a, an excuse to be complacent you know, and to ignore, like, the material problems of the world. And, like, you know, some people accuse, like, some some Buddhists of seeking only solitary peace, you know, and not mm-hmm. uh, not trying to uh, save all living beings from suffering. So I, I, I suppose that spirituality certainly can, can err in that direction. But on the other hand, like, materialism in the sense of, like, even in the sense of Marx um, and in the sense of like uh, who controls the power, who controls the means of production and like what are these imbalances here and what are the geographic imbalances, the uh, like different parts of the world or peoples or demographic groups in, in cities, like people are suffering more and less materially. There's like an unequal distribution of privilege and and these things. So these are really material problems, you know, which is like, we need to focus on them. If you have a spirituality without materialism, then it, it ends up just being totally disconnected. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like a cop out or it's checking out. But on the other hand, if you have a materialism without spirituality, like, and and I mean spirituality in the, um, if it's possible to invoke it in the most uh, like like fundamental non-sectarian sense, um, you need you need some sense of like inner life, inner purpose, like self-development direction, like which is not just defined through like your relationship to these material inequalities or whatever. So, and I mean, like for some people, like it may be that because of their natures, like 
social activism is the way for them to like achieve spiritual progress, you know. Mm. I would never discourage someone from pursuing uh, activism or, or you know, like like uh, advocacy, you know, uh, for, for, for disadvantaged groups or anything like that. These are amazing causes that we absolutely need. And th- so th- I'm just, I, I wanted, wanted to set up the positive side of materialism is focusing on these problems. But if you don't have this complement uh, that basically allows you to, like, understand your place in reference to all these things and accept it without like just a total unilateral uh, writing off which is so so common I think like people just don't know like because it's a it's so much baggage and and we don't really know how to unpack it all or or relate to it and I think that something like like say buddhism uh, has a compassion meditation and in buddhism like when you speak of compassion like and the, the actual practice of compassion meditation is as i as i understand it like you also first you invoke like a kind of self-love you 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 you, you love you know yourself and you give this this is i guess the side of things that that is really important you do, you you need to do this in order to then then you know after giving this to yourself this kind of loving focus then you give it to the all the other beings you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. and i think i feel like this kind of thing can can tie it up you know but it it doesn't have to be like a loving kindness meditation or whatever but i do think that like something Anything that is is feeding you a narrative that like you are like literal like worthlessness and scum and like the only thing you can do about it is like total self effacement, because I feel like that's usually, the or that's like a simple form that that has you know been been prescribed to people. Yeah, and it's not. I just don't think that it it is is helpful in the long term for those individuals or for society if it doesn't have this second component, which is like. Plus, you're part of the the one human population, you know. Plus, you're like part of a special miracle that all of you are connected, and it's all one, you know, one love. Like, so th- this kind of thing, I think, is just it's not it's never going anywhere. But it just it, if it falls out of fashion, then it then the the excesses of of uh, materialism start to kind of weigh more heavily. I think. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird. Uh, I, it's like yeah, you know. I don't know. It's eleven in the morning. I don't know. If that's <laughs> no, you're doing you're doing fine. It's it's complicated, and I think you articulated yourself. Uh, you articulated these ideas very well. I mean, I think. Um, I mean, in, in summary, I think, and in a reductive summary, I think you're saying that sometimes we don't recognize our individual power to impact universal issues universal mindsets um and when you invoke buddhism there's this and, and the criticism that uh buddhists uh, encounter it's that it's it's potentially a a selfish pursuit or it doesn't think enough about others but i think what you're saying is sometimes and this is a cliche but you know widespread change does begin with the individual and mm-hmm. and an individual needs to potentially recognize their own power in the way they approach their lives and and how that can impact the greater good or greater change right yeah definitely that 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 all sums up kind of my my thoughts on the issue pretty well okay 
<laughs> and did, and so in we were talking about pronouns. Uh, we were talking about you talking to yourself on this new record. Do you feel like that's a running thread throughout this record? Is is what we're talking about kind of irrespective or unrelated on some level to the latest record and and and, the, and those songs? Or do you think there is a through line there? Yeah, I, that that's a that's a good question, and and I think that that the the relationship is 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 probably not so much di- like a direct uh, like like uh, interchange, but more like two parallel tracks um, where what's going on in my psyche is like I feel I maybe if, if this is the topic of these songs, like it, I think it's probably as far as I can tell, it's like a uh, the the personal theater version of the the societal theater kind of concerns there that that we we were talking about um, yeah how how do I put this into words so so but something something like that where um, definitely especially questions of of self worth um, and and self reproach um, and also like yeah being um, being sort of alarmed by by some of the the people that uh, you hear within from within, you know, some of the mm-hmm. perspectives. Like you can see yourself acting in ways that, like, if you if you take a second to look at them, then you feel like, oh, this is bad. Like I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, moments like that, I think, those are the moments that you need to employ. Like, uh, in addition to a like a, a humble, I'm one person. I'm not that important, and you know this this situation is fucked up, and we've got to fix it. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, we also need like to be at that time. I think uh, focusing on developing a sense of inner calm and peace, so that we can um, har- harmonize this. Uh, you know th- this 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 pain or, or disconnect or whatever sense of sense of guilt or alienation then if you imbue these things with a kind of a sense of mental intent and like yeah I think you know trying to uh, relate uh, yourself into things in a positive way or something you know that just something that's not a dead end to keep the to keep it open yeah uh, you need to have a, a kind of a certain kind of attitude or or uh, a selection of of one of several ways of keeping a positive attitude in that case and still being a you know effect you know because you don't want to just be like a sad sack like totally like down and feeling bad i mean unless like your art is like the extreme form of of that or whatever and it doesn't but i think i don't know i'm, I'm kind of rambling out a bit uh, well, no, well I think, uh, yeah. uh, you you invoked alienation and sad sacks there and earlier we were talking about um the kind of uh, difference between being at home in Halifax and and being on the road. And I I do think a a distinction worth mentioning here, which uh, this could be wrong, but my understanding is that you are in Halifax, but your bandmates, uh, Josh, Seamus, Brad, are they all in Montreal? Yeah, that's correct. And is is that a relatively recent development? It's actually been the case since, like, I think 2013 or maybe 2014, so... So oh, okay. yeah, it's it's been a while, yeah. So but, how um, how how does that 
you know, I drew a parallel between alienation and you being potentially feeling lonely. <laughs> uh, is it is it a strange thing to know that your buds in this band? I know you spend a lot of time together because you're traveling, but like you are more or less working together a long distance, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's there, there's aspects of it that are that are just shitty. <laughs> like we can't we can't practice. Um, you know regularly so we we have to practice like for little chunks of time that we can set up say at the beginning of a tour or before a recording session or whatever you know like so in some ways it's like you kind of wish you could just have a more consistent regular jamming schedule because you could gradually develop ideas see where they go without the pressure of like okay we have like three days before the recording session starts so we've got to try to learn everything now but that can also have a good side which is like yeah something there's something good about having a time pressure and a self-contained like little stint uh where it can help you focus on it and it can, can add some creative, like, um, I don't know, moment to the situation, but yeah. And then I'm, I miss my friends, you know, when, when I don't see them, but I also love like being on my own and I love, you know, the, so the solitary uh, time that I can take out here. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, we, we have to like email a lot and I wish that like, you know, we could just somehow like I, I wish the technology were just that much better that maybe we could enter like a vr sim together for like you know 10 15 minutes each day and just debrief but that hasn't happened yet <laughs> so you, the songwriting works uh, my understanding is you, you kind of put together the songs in a skeletal form and then send them off to the band is that right yeah d definitely so exactly i i make up some lyrics and a melody and some simple chords usually and then yeah i'll, I'll send that to them in a in a demo form or or we'll we'll i'll bring it to them in person we'll play it together what's difficult for me is is like knowing the difference between something i've come up with which is actually good or or not even like whether it's good or not, but if it has potential as an app by song uh, versus, you know, is it just another thing that belongs on the cutting room floor? Like it's good to do it, to get the practice of, of making it up. But most things I write, you know, I, I don't, they don't end up getting used. They're just sitting on a recorder somewhere. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you, you send the stuff off and uh, like, have you, we've talked about your uh, potential progress or evolution as a, songwriter um, with the band being kind of sort of disconnected I mean three members of the band are together on some level I don't know how much they get together to, to jam on Napi songs without you there but do you, have you noticed a shift in uh, the playing in the way uh, instrumentation is approached uh, in the evolution of the band I mean you earlier said that this is a, a higher fidelity recording. I, I believe you recorded it at the. Uh, did you record it at the Hotel Tango with Howard Billerman? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just curious, like the distance, uh, the the time uh, that has elapsed since you began playing together. Have you noticed a shift in the way your band actually interacts with each other and and how they approach the songs? Yeah, I think. I mean, there are certain things that that have changed. Um, there are certain things that have have remained. Uh, pretty constant i think um but yeah I, I think it could be fair to say that all of us are getting better you know like we've since we've been playing um 
we just practiced a lot like we've put in a lot of hours um so i feel like in terms of like like musicianship and professionalism over time we're getting better you know approaching however many thousand hours <laughs> you know you need to approach or something <laughs> But, I believe it is ten. It's supposed to be ten thousand. Is that what Malcolm Gladwell says? Right for for expertise in a in a domain. Yeah, yeah. So right. So I like to think in those terms. You know, I, I mean, I'm a I'm a sucker for like that sort of self development narrative or whatever. I I think it's so uh, so beneficial to to know and 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 to to reassure yourself that if you do want to do something, whether it's like related to gaining skills in your profession or like learning about a new field or learning a language or uh gaining some physical abilities or like whatever you know martial arts or yoga or something um or if it's like you know if you wanted to do like 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 meditation or something you know like all, all of these things like i think it's re it's really real like you can improve if you put time in any domain so it's it's nothing new but but anyway i think in that way we've we've gotten better over time but then the other the other worry that a, a young artist has or or that especially in music is that like you know it seems like the the early songs of like a lot of favorite artists I think it's not the artist's fault, but more the way that rock and roll gets sold. <laughs> and I don't mean this from my own personal experience, but you just look at a lot of your your heroes, and a lot of the time they're old, they're 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 um, much younger. Like they they don't make your favorite music, you know, when they're even when they're in their thirties and forties, a lot of the time. But at least that's the way I used to think. But then I've found like late era records from like from Neil Young that I love or from Bob Dylan, you know? And so I think that that's, it's kind of not true, but, but it is true that in terms of the publicity that they get for their work, everyone remembers the work they did when they were like 23, you know, it's like, that's gotta be weird uh, from an aging perspective. And, and so that's why I, one reason that I like to, take refuge in these uh like the the narratives of self-development that proceeds long into life you know and and takes it slow and like yeah just gradually gaining uh proficiency and mastery of an art is like that seems like pretty important and you notice this like if the approach is like that you know then you'll find that martial artists or classical musicians or you know computer scientists i'm sure even lawyers historians and things sometimes people uh scientists as well people are are, are or, or writers like novelists and things like people i i will i will give more room for in those fields usually for the uh the creator or, or inventor or whatever to be developing in their later years you know there's not there's not such an expectation to like to make some like amazing like song that has its like finger on the pulse of the generation you know i think i think what you said earlier about marketing is is accurate but i do think we are and this might be part of that i think we are conditioned to uh be more excited about a surprise mm. uh, meaning uh and in this case i mean the first blast from an artist uh the fact that it's it's an unexpected sound 
if we're talking about music anyway totally, the, totally. The, there's this notion of uh, we we are conditioned to to enjoy um to 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 really appreciate surprises we we are conditioned to appreciate something that sounds fresh uh and then when the artist continues uh we're past that we're past that point it's even if they make a, a very rarely does a, an artist continue to make great records and still be uh, treated the way they were when they first sort of emerged. Um, and sometimes it can take, uh, you mentioned Dylan, you mentioned Neil Young, like when they make a record 20, 30 years in that is strong, there is that blast of surprise again. Oh, they still have it. They can yeah. still do this, right? So that, it is marketing on some level. It's nothing to do with the artist per se. I mean, it, it, has, it does have something to do with the artist. I mean, sometimes people fall off um, they get stuck in an artistic rut and then they come back. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean their comeback is going to sound like the first record you loved, but it's just something new. And, and, and that's what you hope for as an artist is that you can challenge yourself and your audience and, and still be, if not accepted, uh, appreciated for what you're doing. And I think that's what you're speaking to. And it, I understand, you know, third record in, I'm sure you've experienced, uh, there was, I think it's fair to say with the, but the first two records of Nap Eyes were released somewhat confusingly. Um, mm-hmm. As I recall, like you guys put out the first record on your own and then it kind of re-released and then hot on the heels of that re-release, this, the second record came out. And so there, you had a unique kind of, I think people caught on to you just as the second record was kind of taking off. But the first record was pretty soon before do you know what i'm saying here yeah, is that right d- definitely that you you've described it, it accurately as well so yeah there's like a yeah. chronological sort of thing that happened with your band that's different so in, in a sense your third record for some might be considered your second record you know what i mean and, and 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 i don't know if you noticed any dips in attention or less excitement are you alluding to that did you feel that with this record or is everything <laughs> it seems like things are going well yeah, no, things are good. Yeah, it, it's it's been it's been a positive experience for sure. Um, I think we we all got a bit like you know ornery because of we had to wait so long. <laughs> Even yeah, when, two years after making a record, it didn't come out. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, and that was a bit painful. And then it was like the way we had kind of wanted to do it was just like okay, we'll make this, and then now that it's made, we can put it out and just keep moving on. And that mm-hmm. would have happened, you know, two years ago. So it, it it would, or, you know, a year and six months ago. And then there wouldn't be this pressure for the third album to, like, somehow, like, live up to something. But it's just, like, we're just working and creating our art. And then, you know, like, we won't have to be um, making sort of uh, plays for the, 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 like, the, I don't know, the, the market or, like, you know, like right. the conventional narrative about the band. Like sometimes I feel like if the narrative were more accurate, uh, it would ease things up. Not that it's not that there's much of a narrative out there to be inaccurate, but it's just like the idea that a that a third album even should have to do anything other than just be itself is like kind of irritating. And like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I I like I get it. Like I I understand it. But and and I understand why why like certainly if if our business partners think that that that's like the best way then it probably is the best way. But a part of me still feels like if we were just able to like release on our own schedule and create albums like 
in whatever way we wanted without any concern for is this going to be high fidelity enough is this going to contain hits or is it going to hit at the right moment if we were less concerned about these things uh, then maybe it would just be nicer because we could just stay more active you know I, I create a lot of material that I feel like one reason it never will see the light of day is because we don't have the impetus to record it because there's we won't be able to record it for another you know half a year or something. So that kind of thing I find a, a bit tricky. But all that being said, I am I have no justification for for complaining because our like our labels they they know what they're doing and mm-hmm. it's be, by their good graces and because of them that we've been able to like sort of make a living so yeah um which is am- it's amazing so so we have a great gratitude to them as well but it, it's just yeah it, sometimes um and i you know and and related to more pointedly related to your question like it would have been sweet to like you know get the polaris nomination or something but right. it's all good <laughs> right yeah it's i know it's frustrating and I, I yeah it sucks but um you're a great band uh you, you you're a great songwriter and the nap eyes are amazing and uh so what is next for you i mean it's been two years since you had this last batch of songs is there a bunch of new stuff ready to go it's getting there yeah i think so we're gonna do some recording uh in in august um like around the time of Sappy Fest, we've got like a Seamus's stepbrother's uh, Airbnb booked kind of thing in Tatamagush in Nova Scotia. So we'll do some some self recording out there, which should be pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, I, I was only joking about the players. Thing. It's not really important. <laughs> I, I I didn't. Uh, I apologize. I I know there's a, as we're speaking, the long list is out, and it's so it's uh, for people who don't know. This is the the Canadian Music Prize, and and they release a long list of forty artists, and then that gets whittled down to a short list of ten by a jury. I'm among the jury members, but I have to say, I, you know, I glanced at the list, the long list. Uh, you're you're saying the the Napai's record didn't make it, <laughs> I, and I I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't even recognize that while we were speaking. I. I I think in my head, I assumed it had been nominated because it's so great. That's too um, kind. <laughs> yeah, that's a drag. I'm sorry. I mean, it no, is it, weird. These they it's don't just map, another. Yeah. Ex- it's it's another external thing that it's the equivalent of like tweeting something and not getting liked uh, <laughs> yeah, enough totally. for you. You know, like totally. it, there's all these just stupid metrics of success and and they impact your joy and and um, our joy. I'm not just saying you, and it's frustrating because you know. We should be. Um, this uh, this probably harkens back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of self worth and and how we fit in the world and uh, and, and 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 anxiety. I mean, I do feel like mm. if you're constantly checking to see how your mm-hmm. Facebook or Instagram or Twitter post is doing per se, you, you know, what was your motivation for doing it in the first place? If you're worried about an award nomination. Um, more so than anything else, which I'm not saying you are, but I mean, I think there are people who are probably genuinely uh, despondent and and hurt and and all those things. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's not probably why we do the things we do. We're expressing ourselves and that's about it. That's the best we can do. I mean, whether they're accepted or not, um, it's, it's, I mean, accepted in air quotes. I mean, you're doing fine. Your band is great, and it sucks. But hopefully, uh, the Polaris thing sucks, and I'm sorry. But 
I hope people listen to the record. That's why you're on the show. Oh, I want they- people to hear the record, you know? <laughs> I want people to... And you're playing some shows, right? You're playing a bunch of shows. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, in, in the in the grand scheme, things look good. And even in that, I, I want to say to any Polaris uh, jurors like yourself out there or anyone that's involved in that decision, no hard feelings at all because uh, <laughs> we totally understand that, that you know, th- this kind of thing, it has to proceed... Uh, you, you, you have to look at like how how things are looking in you know maybe they're thinking like oh Napa's third record is pretty good but I bet their fourth record will be groundbreaking and if they haven't been nominated you know so it could be anything like that uh, well I mean you can also you could also look at the trajectory of an award like that and probably guess that and you've probably experienced this as well um, firsthand I mean it's weirdly difficult all now. Not weirdly, it's just it's just the way the world is functioning. Like it's harder to be a white guys in a rock band in an age where the the stuff that really pops is not music made by people like you. Um, and that's that's a thing that I imagine you have to deal with on some level. And if you look at that prize over the last few years, like I can't even I and I, you know, as a jury member, like I'm trying to think of the people who have won. In recent years, I can't think of a rock band that's won, you know, in a while. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like the, the there's changing trajectories, and yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it would be yeah. It's it's an interesting topic, and it and it kind of uh, it it does relate to to what we were saying earlier. But it's certainly it's certainly not something that you you would have much justice in like having hard feelings about like oh like why is there no room for us up there we're like like they're taking all the spots from the white guys this is not fair like <laughs> yeah. this would be like uh, not the right attitude but also yeah. of course it's important to say like you shouldn't have an attitude which is like oh and because i'm a white guy like oh, everything i do is gonna suck or like it's just gonna contribute to like no the world not at all know? it's just that's right <laughs> You can't think that way, and and you have to do what's true to you, and and um, that's all I can say about it. I don't, I don't, I, I sorry, I didn't even think of it. Um, no, no, it I, is, I'm happy to to talk to you about it, uh, but yeah, I didn't mean to harp on it at any length. Either, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's worth bringing up for sure. Well, I mean, you've got uh, shows coming up, and um, and potentially it sounds like maybe more music coming as well. Where can people learn more about? Um, uh, I'm I'm bad now and, and Nap Eyes. Where would you send people on the internet? Yeah, uh, you can go to our website, NapEyes.com. Uh, or you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, yeah, these are these are probably the most reliable places. Usually, our labels, uh, Paradise of Bachelors, um, Jag Jaguar now, now as well, and You've Changed Records in Canada. They they also yeah. have some info, but yeah, mostly checking out our online presence and i think every once in a while i'm gonna do significant changes to the website but right now there's not much going on in there (laughs) (laughs) and you're uh you're playing uh sappy fest i believe right yeah that's right yeah and uh, are there other big uh shows coming up we're playing uh the wolf island festival off kingston Uh, i think that's august 11th or something like that yeah. And we'll play Pop Montreal um, September 28th, I think. Uh, yeah, a, sh- a festival in Chicago. I'm not sure if it's announced, but I think sometime in September yeah. 15th or something. Okay. Yeah. And then a few other probably Ontario shows around that time in September. Yeah, so we'll be we'll be around. We'll be at it. Okay. Well, um, I hope you keep at it. No matter what happens, 
I hope you keep at it. And uh, oh, uh, Nigel, is there a single song from the new record that we can go out on? Oh yeah, I mean anything you'd like, but uh, why not um, go with uh, you like to joke around with me? Is this about me? Uh, about about you, Vish? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it is. This is one where the pronoun, though, is, is definitely a second person, uh, not, not just referring to the internal Nigel. Okay, all right. This is uh, You Like to Joke Around with Me by Nap Eyes from their excellent new record, uh, I'm Bad Now, which you should uh, pick up immediately. Nigel, this was uh, another uh, pleasure and thought-provoking chat. Thank you so much for being on the show, and best of luck with everything. Likewise, thanks so much for talking to me, Vish. It's been great. You like to joke around with me When you're in the right mood I don't like to disagree But sometimes they're in the wrong a bottle of wine Stain the carpet red again Then watching the drip I got preoccupied The background of a silent city A hard-pressed individual scopes Self-entertaining self-pity Nightingale's cool voice rolls into the wind Feels like a distant kindness flows But keeping your mind on things Choking your hard time Thanks again to Nigel Chapman of NapEyes for appearing on the 414th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and available on all iOS and Android platforms, and also on things like Spotify and Audio Boom and, and YouTube and other things too. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for on any of those platforms, or if you wish to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, 
please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me at vishkana. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at cfru.ca, or on an actual radio, 93.3 FM, if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. If it wasn't for that, sometimes I wonder if this podcast would keep going. So please consider patreon.com slash Control and make a flexible monthly donation. It could be anything. And uh, if for your for your generosity, I'm happy to send you a t-shirt or something. We can figure something out. Just message me on Patreon. Thanks again to the in-kind support I receive uh, from people like Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, and Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. They're less people than they are businesses, but they're run by people. So I say people. You know what I mean. I also want to thank a real person, Jim Guthrie, for letting me use the instrumental version of The Rest is Yet to Come to end this show each and every week. Go to jimguthrie.org for more information about him. And uh, that's it. I want to thank you for listening to this show, sending people uh, you know towards the show, you know, telling them about it, giving it a nice review or rating on your podcast platform, downloading episodes. That all helps very much. So thank you for that. I will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye for now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.